everyone, and welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. This is Jonathan, your host, and here uh, today I have an awesome conversation with Ben from Wad Prep. If you've never seen Ben's videos, they're a mix between hilarious and very educational. Even if you're not into CrossFit, if you're wanting to up your game with fitness, I would definitely recommend checking out Ben and his group, his crew over at Wad Prep where they just break down the basic movements of whether it be weightlifting or the gymnastic movements of CrossFit and make them super simple for someone like me to be able to understand. Before we get into that awesome conversation, though, I do want to give a shout out to our show sponsors and partners. Uh, First and foremost, First Form Outdoors and First Form. Uh, First Form makes amazing supplements, guys. And again, they are supplements. They are not supposed to replace your current nutrition. Uh, They're supposed to fill gaps that you have. So if you have any questions about them, anything from protein to multivitamins to greens while you're up in the mountains so your gut doesn't get torn up, etc. Let me know. Reach out to me. I'd love to help. And of course, go join us over at Redbeard's Fit Crew and First Form Outdoors on the Facebook page. We've got great individuals over there that will help support your goals towards fitness and getting outdoors as much as possible. Also, Heather's Choice and Alpenfuel. Those are my two choices for my backcountry nutrition uh, so that you are not picking the stuff up at Walmart on the, the last minute on your way up to camp uh, where you have limited supply. And on top of that, you may have something that will tear up your gut. So get the better ingredients and nutrition through alpenfuel.com and also Heather's Choice. Again, guys, links are down below to save you a little bit of money on that. Uh, but definitely go pick up some good food that way uh, through Heather's Choice and Alpen Fuel. Also, Affect Beard Oil. Affect Beard Oil and Beard Butter is fantastic. It's rid of the itch. Definitely helps make your beard healthier, the skin underneath healthier. And uh, I recommend the Beard Butter if you're looking to make it shape up a little bit better as well. Add a little bit of weight to the, to the beard and uh, get it to look the way that you want so it's not going all over the place. Also, 10% goes back to charity. So go check out Affect Beard Oil. Absolute Aid CBD Chewables, and they also have a topical formula. Go check out Absolute Aid if you're looking for a CBD that doesn't have any THC and will help you on those days in recovery after a hard day's work at the gym or if you have a manual labor job. The CBD Chewables are fantastic for that. There's also other formulas such as Focus and uh, Calm. And like I said, there's a topical formula as well if you'd prefer to massage it into either joints or a muscle that you have that's, that's sore. Go check out Absolute Aid for your CBD option without THC. Kafaru International. Kafaru makes the best backpacks on the market. U.S. made, 100% U.S. made backpacks. The duplex light frame carries weight like no other. Hugs your hips, distributes the weight where it needs to go without weighing down on your shoulders. And obviously, you want to be packing out meat when you come back out of the woods. So you want something that will carry the weight the way it needs to. Go check out Kafaru. Give them a call over at customer service. They will answer all the questions you've got and get you into the right pack that you need. And if you're in the market for anything from glass to archery gear to new clothing to backpacking equipment, whatever you may need for the outdoors, go check out blackovis.com. Again, links down below so you can save some money and let them know that Redbeard sent you. 
So without further ado, guys, I'm going to get you in to this wonderful conversation that I had with Ben as he is new to hunting, loves archery, loves fitness, and he is all in as far as archery hunting elk. He is passionate, and you'll hear that in this conversation today. So hope you enjoy this conversation just as much as I enjoyed having it with Ben. And here, without further ado, is Ben from Wad Prep. All right, everyone, I've got an awesome guest here, Ben from Wad Prep. If you're in the CrossFit world at all, um, you've probably seen some of his instructional videos. Uh, I met Ben in person at Elk Shape Camp, um, but before that, I'd been following him because I needed some help with Spartan um, rope climbs, and I had never climbed a rope in my life, and I ran across this video and then uh, happened to meet him at Elk Shape Camp. So uh, pretty awesome dude. He's getting into hunting. He's pretty fresh. Uh, adult onset hunter like me and a couple of other guys that we know. And I uh, just wanted to have him on here to give his fitness perspective and I'm um, obviously very knowledgeable guy. So Ben, who are you kind of introduce yourself to the listeners and uh, give yourself in a nutshell. Well, I'm excited to be here. I am kind of like what you just said. I'm a, I'm an adult onset hunter. I've only been hunting for the last 10 months but uh, I come from a background of lots of fishing. So I'm, I'm still an avid outdoorsman, always have been, but it's always been on the water. And um, I really, really love trying new things. I love pursuing new things to like sink my teeth into. So for about a decade ago, I found CrossFit and I realized that that could become my sport. So CrossFit is, is very, uh, it's like a sport, especially if you, if you care about your times and competing and stuff like that, it kind of turns into its own sport. Well, as that's, as that has kind of lost its luster for me in terms of the sport aspect, I love the actual exercise part of it, but I didn't have a sport for quite some time. Uh, and then I found hunting, uh, thanks to the recommendation of one of my buddies. And now I'm absolutely full send into uh the hunting world and uh and yeah and for business i uh i actually run a crossfit coaching company that exists online that's what wad prep is and that's pretty much it we coach people all around the world and i have a great team that allows me to go hunting a bunch <laughs> that's awesome yeah and for those of you that don't know what wad is you know work out of the day um, there's a lot of acronyms and things uh, that go into CrossFit that I still don't know most of them, um, but I know enough to uh, um, to know when it's going to suck for the workout. So, <laughs> um, but I, I love the way you break things down, uh, just like what I was saying. Where um, I came across your videos, just looking up how to do rope climbs for a Spartan race last year, um, and I'd never our our gym for some reason growing up we never had to climb ropes. Um, and so I never knew how to do it and, uh, just kept burning myself. I, you know, too much upper body, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was cool to, uh, to watch your video and within three or four tries, I was up and down a 20 foot rope, no problem. Um, and so that was, that was cool. I love that you break it down for beginners. And then you also have kind of the intermediate and advanced, um, level on how to step your game up once you get past that level that I'm at, uh, of the beginner level. So, um, why, I mean, you, you mentioned the competitiveness of CrossFit a little bit, um, but what else has kept you there now that you're kind of out of the sport aspect of it? Um, why CrossFit? So for me, my whole 
thought around fitness is the best kind of fitness is the kind that you actually do consistently, similar to nutrition, similar to a lot of things in life. You can come up with the world's greatest diet plan, but if you're not actually going to stick with it, it's a really terrible diet. Okay. So when it comes to actually doing CrossFit, it was one of the few things that because of the nature of CrossFit, which is always changing, it's constantly varied movement performed at a high intensity, that constantly varied part and the high intensity part were both things that I really, really liked constantly varied, meaning every single time I go to the gym, I do something completely different. Like today I went to the noon class. I ran to the gym right up the street from me. I went to the noon class and it was a combination of basically shoulder work in the form of split jerks. And then the actual like conditioning piece of it involves some running. It involves some gymnastics with muscle ups or pull ups, depending on how you modified it. And then it also involves some weightlifting. So some more shoulder work. And what was really cool is that, or what is really cool is that I know that if I go back tomorrow, it's going to work a completely different muscle group. The domain of the work the time domain of the workout will be a different duration. It's going to change every single time. So the reason I love CrossFit is that it's constantly varied. And because it's constantly varied, it keeps me really entertained and interested. And therefore, I keep going back. I think a lot of people lose their lust for fitness. They, they lose all desire to, to do fitness because what they do is just frankly very boring and monotonous and it gets old. So then they stop working out. That's a terrible kind of fitness regimen. But if you're someone who freaking loves Zumba and you can't get enough of it and you're just, you're obsessed with it and you go, you know, a few times a week and it scratches that itch, totally fine. You don't need to do CrossFit. But I think the reason I am such a, um, uh, a believer in CrossFit and I preach it to a lot of people is that it stays interesting, especially when you start getting like picking up these skills that I love teaching people. Once you start picking up the skills, it's very rewarding. It stays interesting. It's always varied. And you have a very, very long roadmap, uh, a runway of, of improvement. You're going to be improving year over year, month over month, day over day. And just keep picking up these new skills, uh, and it's it's a ton of fun. So that's why I like it so much. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you that that functional fitness aspect of it, and and like what you were saying, where you can modify it. So um, again, some people that maybe are looking at getting into something like CrossFit um, will see uh, muscle ups and like, nope, never mind, you know, or uh, snatches or things like that, uh, and and say they don't have the mobility for it, or yeah. they're worried about getting injured. And if you go to a good gym with a good trainer, because obviously there's there's um, lemons out there, right? Oh, yeah. But but uh, you go to a good gym with a good trainer, um, they'll walk you through all the mobility and the things that you need to do, kind of the prerequisites to be able to even do half the stuff, um, so you don't go in there and get injured. Yeah, and uh, okay. the it's basically like <clears throat> one thing that's really important to to know is that the stuff that you're seeing on TV. The stuff that you're seeing on Instagram, your buddy Joe Schmo posting stuff. A lot of the stuff you see is the advanced things. It's like watching NBA basketball on TV and seeing some, you know, LeBron James go for a dunk. And you're like, well, I can't do that. So I can't play basketball. It's like, how ridiculous is that? Of course you can play basketball. Your basketball is just not going to look like their basketball. 
that's what it is with CrossFit. So a good gym can take any workout and modify it for the, the client who's there. So for instance, my, I have two aunts that are like 63 and 64 and they are currently some of the fittest they've ever been because they've been going to CrossFit for the last 10 years. And at 63 and 64 years old, they're way fitter than they were in their forties because of great coaching. Uh, the gym that they go to modifies every workout. So I could go in and I'm going to be doing heavy deadlifts, muscle ups, you know, like throwing around a heavy barbell, walking on my hands, handstand walking, like crazy stuff. And they're going to be doing a modified version of the same workouts rather than a heavy deadlift. They'll do a light deadlift rather than handstand walks. They probably just do take two dumbbells and do uh, overhead presses, shoulder presses. Um, you can take every single aspect of a workout and modify it so that everybody in class from college athlete through, you know, someone in their sixties and seventies can get the same kind of stimulus, the same kind of workout and, and both get it done in roughly amount, the same amount of time. So that, that's where good coaching comes into play. And if you can find a gym that, and there's a lot of them out there, if you can find a gym that will cater to you as a beginner and help you modify and help you tweak things so that you can get in, get a great workout, and then slowly but surely improve as your skills improve and as your strength improves, that's the sign of a great gym. A bad gym is they're just like, all right, everybody, here's what we're doing. Good luck. Oh, you can't do it? Well, I don't know what to do. Um, but I'd say those gyms are kind of rare. There's a lot of really good ones out there. Awesome. That, yeah, that's really cool. And, um, you know, I, I would agree with you hundred percent. I was introduced to mainly mobility due to CrossFit style workouts because, um, I, I was just, you know, you think of stretching and stretching. I think we had this discussion, um, maybe at high caliber hunts or something like that, where we were talking about the difference between stretching and mobility. Um, there's a big difference because stretching, uh, I think you mentioned something along the lines of, and if I butcher this, um, correct me, but uh, stretching doesn't have any proven benefit versus mobility. Is that, is, am I getting that right? Yeah. So it all, it all depends on, on what you're defining each thing as, but unless you are, let's say a gymnast and a gymnast is judged based on their ability to do a split and they have to spend a lot of time stretching in order to let their body understand that it's okay to do a split. Like you and I both, if we were cadavers, like if we were dead and they hadn't gone into rigor mortis, we can do a split. Easy. Our muscles can do it. Our joints can do it. Your muscles aren't tight. They can go to the full ranges of motion. Your nervous system doesn't want to let you because it's like, whoa, we've never been here. So stretching a lot of times is kind of useless because we don't really need to, like, we don't need to lean over and touch our toes slowly and hold it for three minutes. That's not something we ever really need to do. However, bending over and picking something off the ground, something that's dynamic, something that's moving, that's something that we need to do. So you kind of called it mobility, but basically the ability to do the things that we need to do under load, meaning with weight or, or uh, with movement under dynamic load, that is what we need. And that's what's so cool about, about CrossFit, I think, is that like, not, you're not just overhead squatting. You're not, like, you're not just doing all these things um, for the sake of them. You're doing them so that you can 
take awkward objects and move through big ranges of motion. Um, and you're not just sitting there and holding it. So uh, the, basically, long story short is like, yeah, you can sit there and stretch all day, but it's not going to necessarily make you a better human being. You're not going to be able to like move and climb mountains and jump over things. But if you move and climb mountains and jump over things and, and continually expose your body to end ranges of motion, so that means squatting all the way down to the ground with some weight on your back and pressing all the way overhead with your arm locked out and, you know, maybe pressing overhead with your arms locked out and then doing a squat. Like how crazy is that? But when you expose your body to those things over a consistent basis, your mobility, your flexibility will increase. So for me, like I don't stretch at all. I really, I don't do any quote unquote mobility because a lot of people think that's stretching. I just go in and I do the movements. I do, I take a barbell, put it on my back and squat. And then I add some weight and then I add more weight and then I add more weight and I try to get lower. And, and that's a great way to increase your squat mobility because you're actually doing the thing that you're trying to get better at. So if you, <clears throat> if you want to be a human that can move through all the ranges of motion and be flexible and have high mobility and high strength, I think CrossFit is a, is a great way to expose yourself to that because you're always exposed to all kinds of different movements. Like one time you might be trying to do a squat with one leg and that's crazy. And for some people, you know, listening, they're like, I can't do that. I have a bad knee. It's like, yeah, you have a bad knee because you haven't done anything with your knee in a really long time. Okay. Like a lot of these bad, like I have a bad air quotes, lower back. It's like, Oh, really from what? Oh, well, I just, you know, you know, it's just bad. That's what a doctor told me once. <laughs> I'm not a doctor and I'm not here to tell you that your doctor's wrong. But the unfortunate thing is that a lot of people have pain diagnoses and bad fill in the blank diagnoses that are absolutely ridiculously false because they just never use that, that thing. So like if I say I have a bad shoulder, okay. What are you probably going to do? You're probably never going to use that shoulder because, oh, God, I can't use it. It's a bad shoulder. Well, guess what? What happens to a door when you never open it? Okay, those hinges are going to rust shut. That's the analogy I like to use. It's like, unless you are taking that door and you're moving it through its full open and closed range of motion, if you just, if I, there's a door over here that I'm looking at, if I let that sit for 20 years without moving it, guess what? That thing is going to squeak, crack, pop. It's not going to be easy to open. Like that's just the nature of things, joints that don't move. So anyway, I'm kind of getting on my high horse here, but I just, no, there's I, a lot of people who are quick to, there's so many people who are quick to be like, Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't. That's the reason why you can't do it. It's because yeah. you immediately think you can't do it. So I, I call bullshit on, on a lot of those things. Um, yep. and I, I definitely understand that uh, because I, and I've lived it personally. So I've, I've had a couple injuries um, you know, I injured my lower back doing deadlifts uh, in a bad form. And, uh, you know, I hit my heaviest and felt good for about 30 seconds. And then after that, I realized I'd screwed up pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, you know, I, I'd uh, sublux my shoulder. And so, you know, those ligaments and tendons got all nice and stretched out. So my strength went away um, and there's a lot of popping and cracking happening. But uh, you know, so I, I was avoiding kind of those deep squats and, and dead heavy deadlifts. Uh, things like that for a while. And then um, the mobility part that came in was, I mean, it, some people would see it as stretching uh, mobility, but with the resistance bands, like what you were saying with weight, 
Um, it's completely changed. My back pain is gone. hundred yeah. um, percent. My knee pain is gone. Um, and my shoulder pain is gone. I can overhead squat and squat, which again, all, all of these things are dependent on the person, right. And, and how you've worked up to it, but I can get my shoulder back and, and do a shoulder press from behind my head with no pain. Right, um, which is amazing. Before, yeah. Because before movement, I, movement is medicine. Movement mm -hmm. is medicine. It's the way that unfortunately a lot of people, a lot of doctors, a lot of even PT sometime, they, they will often say, you know, here, take this thing, get your inflammation down, take this pill and don't do anything with, you know, X, Y, Z movement. I have a full team of physical therapists at Wad Prep. We have four now working for Wad Prep. I have four full-time physical therapists and what they do with every single person that comes to us who's injured is figure out what you can do and go from there. So a lot of people, let's use bad knee as an example. Okay. I have a bad knee. And then my dad is an example. This, oh, I have a bad knee. I can't squat. It's like, oh, okay, that's crazy. So do you, do you shit standing up? Like, do you, have, like, did you, have you <laughs> sat in a chair today? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Was that painful? Well, no. It's like, okay. Well, that kind of looks like squatting. Don't you think? Yeah. 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 It's just like, it's this whole notion of like, you, if you can't do the extreme version of it, you're like, oh, I can't do it. Like I can't run. I'm putting this in air quotes for everyone listening. I can't run. It's like, okay. If I told you to run from here to the end of the hallway, could you do it? Well, yeah. It's like, then you can run. You just might not be able to run 10 miles anymore because it hurts. So the key here is finding what you can do with that, that, that uh, part of your body that is quote unquote bad or injured, figure out what you can do and then gradually increase exposure to that. And the example that you use, I love. And then another example is like, I actually signed my dad up to work with the physical therapist on uh, the wad prep team. Cause he came to me and he told me he needed a back surgery. So, oh yeah, I went to the doctors. I got this, you know, my back is, you know, it's completely messed up. Terrible. I got all these herniations and I'm going to need spine surgery. Like that's what my doctor told me. And I was like, dad, that is the biggest load of BS I've ever heard in my life. Absolutely not. No freaking way. Yes. I'm trying to make money off of you. Like it's, it's horrible. And I'm not an anti-doctor. I have a lot of doctor friends, but like, it's a, it's a really bad industry. So here he is now six years later from that diagnosis and he's running, jumping, playing pickleball, squatting, deadlifting. He's doing whatever the hell he wants. And now his knees bothering him. So we need to work through some PT with that. But that's, that's like the nature of movement, man. Like you, you can't just have this injury and then convince yourself that the injury is the main thing holding you back. So I know, I know I'm, getting on a high horse here, but I just, there's one thing that I've heard a lot in the hunting industry, yeah, like no, going, for sure. going to the, a lot of the camps that we've gone to and being the fitness instructor at them. So many people are like, ah, I can't do this because man, I got this bad blank. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm sure someone told you that you had a bad blank, whatever it is. And they gave you a pill. And that's mm -hmm. really unfortunate because I think that the system has failed you. But if you take control of your own destiny I'm not telling you to fight through pain all the time, 
what I'm telling you is to find a physical therapist that is willing to work with you and get you moving, go to a CrossFit gym, get moving under a little bit of weight through the range of motion. And you'll be amazed at what the body is capable of doing. Cause guess what? Back in the day when we had to live in the woods and we we're hunter gatherers, we didn't have pills. If someone had a bad knee, they would, they would die. And I assure you there'd be, there was a lot less bad knees because people would just work through it. Um, and ultimately the movement is the medicine, not the pill. So. Yep. No, I agree hundred percent. It's uh it's really interesting because, you know, um, so many people want the easy fix. Uh, you see that in anything, whether it be with supplements, whether it be with fitness, whether it be with, uh, you know, just pain in general, um, they want the easy fix. And that's, that's kind of what a lot of the industry caters to, unfortunately. And, um, you know, there's good in it. There's a lot of good, like what you said with, with doctors and things like that. And if you've exhausted all of your other resources, then maybe a surgery is an option, right? It's something that maybe you really do need. But in, in cases like that, like for example, my wife had a back injury as well and uh, her disc was super, super herniated. But the moment we started getting it moving and her less protective of it, because all the other muscles around her spine had got so tight, she really couldn't do anything. And so once you start getting that mobility in there, the disc you know, was able to slip back in between the vertebrae um, and it wasn't like squeezed out like a peanut butter jelly sandwich. So, um, you know, it was, it was, it's interesting, the experience that I've had, and I feel like I'm getting old now cause I just hit 30, but you know, <laughs> um, but, you know, the thing that I'm seeing with my friends and, and the ones that are more active, um, they're a lot less injury prone, um, than those that like what you were saying, kind of sit back. I've got a bad back. I've got a bad shoulder. I don't want to move it because it hurts. And it does. I mean, finding that end of range of motion for you at that moment hurts. It doesn't feel good, but working through that, like what you were saying with different physical therapists, one that actually wants to help you rather than just get you in and out. Um, it's a big difference. It makes a world of difference. So, so yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. And I think the key is like, you know, one thing I want to, I know I'm, you know, super ranty today for whatever reason. Uh, but one thing is just like, I'm, a good PT should never ask you to fight through pain, right? You shouldn't like, I don't want people to be out there freaking, you know, hammering like Cam Haynes would say, and just like beating the absolute living bejesus out of yourself and saying like, no pain, no gain. Like there's, I'm not telling you to experience extreme levels of pain and being like, well, Ben told me to keep it moving. No, the key is, you find where the discomfort starts and you play around in that area. And then if the pain starts, you tone it back. But I think a lot of people confuse discomfort for pain, right? Like actual pain is very painful, but discomfort is medicine. That's what's Mm going to help expose your body, expose the muscles to the things around your like, but you know, if, let's say you, that low back injury is a good example, right? Like I guarantee 1000%, if I went and got my back scanned, I'd have a herniated disc because almost every human being on the planet has one, right? Like, like it's a ha- thing that happens with our lumbar spines. And especially if you've done a lot of lifting and like, I don't know, ever gotten into a car, like I'm sure on, on, on an x-ray, I have some sort of herniation or some bulging something. But guess what? Zero symptoms. The back feels 10 out of 10 incredible. 
Um, and that's because over, over time, I've showed my back that everything is fine by going through those ranges of motion. Like that's how we're able, going back to that split example, like Jonathan, you and I could both do a split. Would we be able to do it today? Probably not, because it's going to take a lot of graded exposure to convince our muscles to relax enough and not be in this tight, protective, like, oh, nope, you can't move it. Because that's our body can override what our brain wants to do and, and prevent us from hurting ourselves. But over time, you eventually train yourself to relax, and then eventually you'll be able to get into that split. Um, so it seems crazy because you and I right now probably would not even get close. But over time, if we trained ourselves and we fought discomfort, not pain, but we got a little dis uncomfortable over time, eventually – Honestly, probably in like a month or so, we'd be able to do a split if we just yep. did it nice and gradually over time. And that's what you can do with a lot of other things is you can gradually increase that range of motion. You can increase the, the weight that you're able to do. Um, and then again, like kind of going back to like why I love CrossFit so much for, for functional fitness and getting out in the woods and carrying heavy things and putting things over our head and picking them up and just carry. It's like you're always ready for any range of motion under pretty much any weight. And that's why I think it's, it's so nice. And then also you're exposed to really high intensity activity, which I think that's another thing where people, people don't necessarily expose themselves to high intensity activity on a frequent basis. But when you do all of a sudden now, when you're in other high intensity situations, it doesn't feel as bad because you've trained yourself. And uh, there's a great book about that, that, you know, kind of talks about it, who I interviewed on my podcast last week, uh, Michael Easter wrote the comfort crisis and he talks about like, Hey, like the more you expose yourselves to slightly uncomfortable situations, the easier uncomfortable situations get. That's, that's crazy. Cause he's, he's going to be a guest on my podcast too. Cause I got done with his book and I'm like, I need to have this guy on. I love this book. It's uh the comfort crisis is definitely a, <clears throat> it's a great book that I recommend to anyone. Cause he, he goes from, do what? I said, tell him I said hi. Yeah, for sure. He's he's an awesome guy. But yeah, it's uh, so with with the comfort crisis, he goes from what an office setting to basically going out to Alaska because he's like, you know, I'm in the office. I need to do something more. I could do more. And he goes out and has an awesome experience. I won't ruin the book for anyone, but, you know, you go out and read that book. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy, man, that, you know, so many people limit themselves. Um, because of that little bit of discomfort. And, and I agree with you. It's something that needs to, we kind of need to push through that. A lot of people are, are comfortable being comfortable. And I'm, I'm probably uncomfortable when I notice that I'm starting to get into those, those uh, kind of grooves. I realize it and I'm like, I, I got to stop. I got to find something else. I need to do something different. So that's cool. Um, so off of the CrossFit, which is, which is uh, kind of a, basically your whole life, right? Um, you've, you've kind of encountered something like what you were saying with hunting recently um, in the last couple of years. And you didn't start with archery, right? You started with a rifle, correct? Nope. I've start? never, never shot anything other than archery. There you go. Well, tell, tell us a little bit about that story. How did you get introduced to um, hunting? And then why'd you jump straight to archery rather than, you know, rifle? Yeah. So Long story short, when I was um, moving to Colorado, one of my best friends lives out here. His name is Gary. And 
Gary told me that, Ben, I just went hunting, you know, for the first time. I did archery elk hunting. You got to try it. And I was kind of like, okay, Gary, whatever. Tells me to try things all the time. Kind of rolled my eyes. But he was relentless. He kind of like month over month, he just kind of kept bugging me. He's like, dude, you have to try it with me. I need a partner. Like, we need to go do this. After his second season, so kind of like my third year out here, or after my second year out here, he comes back. He's like, you know, had another failed season. So first two seasons were failed, but still like amazing experiences, which I couldn't understand how failure could be an amazing experience, but I learned. <clears throat> anyway, so he, he stayed on me. He's like, you have to try this, Ben. It's incredible. You're going to love it. And I was like, all right, man, I, I commit. If you think it's awesome, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. But fair warning, if I like it, then I'm going to get really obsessed with it because that's how, <laughs> that's how I work. When I, when I get into things, I go full-blown obsession, head over heels into it. And sure enough, basically, I mean, this was like 11 months ago, honestly. Yeah, I mean, probably about a year ago now, now that it's late June. <clears throat> about a year ago, I went to the bow store because, because he hunted archery elk in Colorado. And that was what he did. That's what I did. And I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do it. Just tell me what I need to get. So he sent me a list. I walked into the bow store, had no idea what I was doing, was very intimidated. Um, you know, they kept asking me all these questions. I was like, guys, I have no idea. Like, don't ask me. Like, I don't know a single answer to any of your questions other than I am here to buy a bow and whatever else I need to kill an elk in September. That, like, and that is where <laughs> I conclude my talking. Do the rest, you know? Uh, and it took a while, you know? I mean, they were kind of like, oh, my God, this stupid Yankees in here. Um, but I eventually got the bow. I got set up. I got my reps in, practiced a lot of shooting. And long story short, after that first, honestly, after just the first couple of days out there, I was just like, I will forever be obsessed with this experience. Um, it felt so primal and it was so incredible, especially with like had a couple opportunities. Um, and yeah, basically after the first season, I went back and told my brother and my dad and and, you know, my, my whole family, because uh, I had a vacation in Maine, like right after the season. And I went back to them. And I was like, guys, I will never be available in September for the rest of my life. I'm absolutely obsessed. And I want to hunt as much as humanly possible. And since that September elk season where I spent like 17 days in the woods and I was kicking myself for planning other things during September, don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Like Gary was like, oh, we'll be fine. Like we only need 10 days out there. And of course we needed way more than that. Um, and didn't, it didn't end up killing anything. I, uh, I was, I was literally kicking myself for not being out there more, but since September I've gone on, I mean, a couple hog hunts, Axis deer, Hawaii, bear hunt in Canada, whitetail, Canada, whitetail, Maryland, Turkey, Colorado, Turkey in Mexico. Like I've just, it's been a it's been a bit of a full send into it, and I actually just got back from a hog hunting trip that I did uh, for a batch for Gary's bachelor party, actually. Um, and yeah, now it has become an absolute obsession. 
And honestly, like I love archery. Like I have loved the process of learning archery and like until it comes time to just doing like meat harvesting, like I'm very committed to just archery, even at what's so funny is like, I went on this, this bachelor party this past weekend in, in Oklahoma and they had hogs on the property. And I'm like, Hey, like anyone bow hunt them. And they're like, Oh, like one person's come and done a bow hunting. Like I could, we'll put you in a stand over a feeder. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right. And okay. Like whatever, I'll bring it anyway. I'm not a huge fan of just sitting over bait. I've realized it's like not really my vibe. Um, I really enjoy spot and stalk. Well, we get out there and of course, like, you know, the way they normally hunt is driving around in side by side, you know, ATVs with <laughs> a suppressed <laughs> rifle, just drive around and follow the pigs and shoot them. And uh, once we were done doing that, you know, a couple other people shot stuff. I was like, I'm not, this isn't my thing. Um, I just was like, all right. They went back to the cabin. Everyone's hanging out. I'm like, all right, guys, I'll see you later. And then Gary and I just went out and spot and stalked and we killed two. And then I went out the next day, spot and stalked another really big boar and like went on like these epic, like multi-hour stalks where I'm like 15 feet away from them, like basically in their bedroom and they haven't noticed me like unbelievable. And I'm just like, I'm even more obsessed with archery. It's just like, (laughs) there's something to it, man. I just, uh, until I somehow get tired of archery, I don't foresee doing much rifle hunting only when I'm unable to do bow hunting or like, let's say it's like a late season tag where I'm specifically going out there just trying to harvest meat. Otherwise I, I, I really like the difficulty of like, I love the hardness and difficulty of the archery game. I just, I'm obsessed. That's awesome. Yeah. You, uh, that's why we get along so well because you're kind of one of those full send guys that, you know, uh, my, my wife's funny. Cause whenever I did start the archery thing, she's like, She's like, you really think you're going to be into this? Like you didn't come home with anything this season and you know, that and the other. And I was like, oh yeah, like you have no idea. (laughs) Just getting started. So when you hear uh, that, when I heard that first uh, elk bugle back, oh man, that took us a while. I mean, like we didn't hear like hardly any bugles out there. It's not like the Primo's videos. (laughs) We didn't, we didn't hear hardly any out there for a really long time. Uh, But then like when we finally got into one that was yelling back at us, I was just like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like yep. this is like, it was unlike anything I've ever felt. And I've, I don't know, like I've been a part of, I've like fished in bass fishing tournaments where like, I know the fish that I have on the line is worth $50,000 if I catch it. And it's still like, it's been even crazier. Like it's been, you know, I think more exciting than that. Cause you just work so freaking hard to get in those opportunities. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And there's a lot to unpack there that you, that you started to, to kind of talk about. You dabbled in a lot. I didn't realize you'd gone on so many hunts. I know uh, you sent me, um, you know, a picture of when you went to, was it Lanai? Um, uh, um, Molokai. Yeah. From Molokai. The axis deer. Yep. Yeah. So you went and did axis deer hunting, which uh, I tried to convince my wife. She's been trying for a while. She's like, we should go to Hawaii. And I'm just not a beach person. And um, for obvious reasons, I burn very easily, mm-hmm. um, it, whether I'm in the water or not. And so um, you know, I, am not a beach person, but once I saw the opportunities that are there for, for hunting and the mountains and stuff, um, I, I was like, Hey babe, we should go, uh, from our 30th birthday. And she's like, what can you hunt there? And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> she caught me. Hey, but, uh, I think, I think it's a perfect one, two punch. The guy that I went with Kurt, 
also invited his wife and she just met him out there as we were finishing her hunt. And it was, it was a win-win for everyone. Oh, I just told her, I said, so my, my best friend, I was like, we'll go hunt during the day. You ladies go do the stuff, you know, in the city that you want to do, hang out on the beach and then we'll meet you for dinner at night. Like, this sounds great, right? Like, yep. Perfect. <laughs> it didn't work out for me, obviously, but, um, no, that that's really cool. So out of all the hunts so far, I mean, you bring up elk. I know you and I both really enjoy elk hunting. Um, so we'll, we'll take that one off the table, right? Out of all the other hunts, what's been your favorite so far? Mm. Oh man. I mean, I did a whitetail hunt, uh, with my brother and it was like, basically it was like, I came back for Christmas break and he, it, similar to what I did with Gary, where I, you know, Gary told me, he said, you gotta get into it. I told my brother, Drew, he's kind of like my fishing partner. Um, you know, so is my dad, but my dad's kind of soft. We always joke. Uh, but, uh, my brother Drew is not. And I was like, Drew, you're my fishing buddy. You got to get into hunting. He's like, all right, man, like I trust you. And then sure enough, like I came home for Christmas, he shot my bow a little bit and he, and he like wasn't that bad at it. And he was like, this is cool. And then I texted one of, one of my buddies from high school who like, I taught how to fish and he'd always try to get me into hunting and I never did. And I told him like, dude, I'm in. And then he took us out for a whitetail hunt. And, uh, the first night we shot two doe, uh, cause oh, it's like an unlimited doe tag in Maryland. It's crazy. Shot two doe the first night. And Drew was like, that was insane. Like, holy crap. And then now he is full blown obsessed with it. Just like I am. Um, so that was cool. Cause it was really special. Like share that with my brother. Um, but in terms of like, I don't know, just like fun hunting. I mean, access deer was awesome. Uh, but I was frustrated because a lot of people were like, oh, let's like go get lunch. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I do not leave the mountain until I am successful. Like I am, I'm like kind of annoying to hunt with. I'm like, I'm, I'm intense, man. Like there's no, no break, but uh, probably honestly, like to one of the best that I've been on was this past weekend, man. Like the fact that they were like, oh, people don't really, it's hard to stalk them. It's hard to, you know, hog hunt. We're like here for this bachelor party. Everyone's relaxed and having fun. And then me and my buddy, Gary, you know, the, the elk hunting guy that I go with, we like, we kind of broke away and we're like, let's just try it. And then we walked and we did it and we were both successful. Like he shot my bow, handed me the bow back. And then we went and found another one. And it was just, it was amazing. It was so, so cool to, to like do every, like take everything that we learned about like hunting elk and just like apply that to spot and stalking for big pigs. Um, and then I ended up doing it again the next day and I was just on cloud nine. Like it was so much freaking fun, lots of stalking opportunities. Um, so it's hard to narrow it down just to one, but man, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, obviously bear hunting was intense, but I, one thing I am realizing is like, I do not feel the same level of excitement and, and like, I don't know, it's, it, it doesn't feel as primal to just like sit over bait. I don't, I don't think that's just, it's like definitely, I'm not, no disrespect for people who like that. It's yeah. just not what I want to do. So like, I don't think I'm going to hunt over bait ever again, other than like, I know like for whitetail, it's like, you can kind of like have food plots that you like, you know, you're tracking them and stalking them and like setting up trail camps where you think they're going to go feed. Mm -hmm. But like to have, have, you know, an animal come out and look at me and be like, Oh, Hey, okay. I'm just going to eat this food right here. And they like, they, they don't even see me as a threat. That's not my vibe. So yeah. I'm going to stop, stop doing anything over bait and just really try to focus on the spot stalking. 
Yeah, no. And I, I, I can feel that too. Cause you know, when I got started, uh, you know, I went out with a rifle and sat in a stand and it was almost like there were shooting lanes. So, you know, we had three lanes, one of them had a salt lake at the end of it. The other one had corn and the other one had something else, but it was like, I'm like, if I want to do target practice, I can just go to the range and do target practice. So right. that's really like meat me harvesting more than hunting is kind of what yeah. it feels like. Yeah. It's like a step up from, you know, slaughtering a cow. Right. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I, I, I feel that I, I get it. I definitely understand um, food plots. I feel like it's almost like e-scouting, but you know where the food is, right. if that makes sense, because right. they're not guaranteed to come into it like they are oh, yeah. on a timer with the feeder um, where they hear the noise go off and right. they come running in, um, you know, and I'd love to get into whitetail eventually because I want to I want to understand that rush of sitting there all day and then watching a big old buck or yes. even just a doe come out, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm excited for that too. And I love, like I did my first, like, um, when I had those does, we did some portable tree stands and like, I just thought that was the coolest thing. Was it the sticks? Oh, let's that you climb, climb that tree. tree and like yeah. climbing a tree or That's no, awesome. it's more of like the, the self climbers. Um, oh, okay. That was really cool. So I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm all into it and I definitely, definitely want to do some Alaska hunts. I definitely want to do spot and stalk bear next year. Like that is like, I know spot and stalk bear will be like one of the top ones. Um, they're amazing animals too. But again, the, just, just really making it difficult seems to be what I like to do. I like one of stuff. So it seems to be a theme for you. Um, that that's awesome. So, uh, you're up in Colorado, you know, it's one of the fittest States in the union. Um, I think it is the fittest state. I don't know what the measurement is for that, but sounds legit. I can, I yeah. can attest to it. The people out here are ridiculous. Like I can take any random, like 55 year old in the street and be like, want to go mountain biking? And they would just wreck me. They would destroy me. <laughs> Crazy. That's awesome. Uh, so, you know, you love fitness, you love hunting. Um, and then archery, let's dabble on that for a little bit. Um, are you into tinkering as much or is it more just you enjoy the archery portion and you've got your arrow set up? You've got your bow dialed in and you leave it that way, but you enjoy shooting it. Yep. I'm just, I'm dialed in for hunting. Uh, I'm not, I don't tinker with it at all. I like to keep it simple. Kind of like what I did with fishing too. Like yeah. I, I wasn't like a ton of people would crazy customize crankbaits and, you know, try to deck trick out the reels and the rods. And it's kind of like, nah, man, I just like, I keep it simple and I stick to what works. Um, it's probably also because I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, my brother funny enough is like he's already building arrows man like he just built me a whole new set of arrows um i will be switching over to a new set of arrows um right after tack because i don't want to lose all my nice new arrows <laughs> you know like <laughs> but right after uh i'm going to the the total archery challenge in colorado right after that then it's basically i'm getting my bow restrung so i'll have fresh strings for the season and then from then until the first day of the hunting season, I'm going to be dialing in new arrows. Uh, so I'm a little nervous about that. Cause right now, like I'm dialed and I've been dialed for a while and I've traveled all over. And you know, every time I reconnect all the things in my bow, it shoots perfectly. Um, so I, I know I'm spoiled in that sense, but, uh, um, I'm excited to, you know, dial in a new set of arrows and have some, a little bit more penetrating power and, and, you know, better broadheads on there. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to, tinker with it i'll probably i might pick up another bow just because i i'm a little nervous only having one for the season um but 
I also realized I need to stop spending every dollar I have on hunting. Um, <laughs> Who said you but, have to do that? <laughs> uh, you know, actually me. So it's been difficult, but uh, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, like there are other financial goals that I have other than just hunt all the time, hmm. but it's I still, mean, food storage, man. but it's like now my deep freezer you know which just a few months ago was you know brand new and empty that sucker is already getting pretty full and you know it has 85 fresh new pounds of pork in there and i'm just like man i kind of i need to start eating more you know i need to start throwing (laughs) some more cookouts like i might Uh, go carnivore for a month and (laughs) yeah i'm actually like I'm, i'm i have a i have a date tonight and i'm cooking up a uh cooking up a um uh, I guess that, you know, in the grocery store, they call it pork tenderloin, but it's pork mm. backstrap. Yeah. Um, I'm cooking up a pork backstrap and a bear loin. So see mm. how that goes. Nice. So you were successful on your bear hunt. I was, I was. That's awesome. I That's had cool. like about 50 opportunities because they're not scared of humans. Uh, at least not in, uh, you know, upper upstate Canada. It was more of just like, you're just kind of waiting for one to be big enough for you to feel mm. confident shooting it. Um, and then the one that I ended up shooting like I, I kind of like, I wasn't going to shoot one. Cause I was like, this just isn't my thing. Like these bears are adorable. Like they're the <laughs> cutest things ever. They look like dogs. They have people mannerisms. They're like playing with each other in front of me. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not messing with this. Uh, and then I saw the bat, the dark side, uh, where I saw a bear, a boar attack, like viciously attack and kill another one right in front mm. of me um that was trying to come in on the bait and i just i'd watched all week all these bears coming in together and being nice and friendly and like how everyone likes to think nature is and then i saw the reality of nature um so i was like you know what like i'm here to shoot an aggressive boar that's like kind of the only bear i would want to shoot and so when he came back in i shot him and he died in 18 seconds so yeah little little do people know that you know they'll come in and they get super territorial and they'll um you know they'll kill off cubs yeah. Uh, so that the they'll put the mom in the heat so that he can have his, you know, crazy posterity. So and there was like there was like a little cub that kind of came in before him, and I, that's all I was thinking about was just like because I just watched him kill another one or attack, and I think I think he killed it. Um, another one that was like his same size, mm. and I was just like, holy crap! And I'm like, all right, when that one comes comes back, like he is not killing that adorable cub. No way. Not, <laughs> You're on not my killing watch. Winnie the Pooh, man. <laughs> that's so, crazy that's awesome yeah, man it, all that, learning that's... experiences and you know for me right now it's just it's about picking up experiences uh very similar uh, you know if we want to bring it full circle here it's like very similar to fitness right you i don't suggest that you say i'm gonna do crossfit and just go do crossfit and then just <laughs> that's the only thing you've ever tried your goal to try to fall in love with fitness so that it becomes a lifelong pursuit of fitness for the rest of your life is to go try all different kinds, sample, taste them, all different kinds of fitness. And then eventually you're going to fall in love with like two or three. For me, like mountain biking, freaking pickleball, and then CrossFit, and then backcountry snowboarding. Like that, that is enough cardio and weightlifting and gymnastics. And every, like, I'm, I will stay fit for the rest of my life if I do that rotation of fitness, okay? But for you... You need to go find like what it is that you are attracted to and look forward to on a weekly or, you know, a few times a week basis and rotate them and have fun with it. That's how you're going to stay fit for the rest of your life. For me with hunting, it's like, I don't know what I don't know. So I'm saying yes to all these different opportunities. 
And now that I've done a couple like sitting over bait hunts over feeders, I'm just kind of like, all right, like that's not my thing anymore. So now I can, you know, I'm like, I'm finding what I like and what I don't like. And I'm slowly but surely going to start like crafting my, like my hunting schedule will, will all be hunts that I love and I want to go on. And that's what's going to keep me hunting for the rest of my life. There you go. Yeah. I love that. And that's what I tell people, you know, keep things simple. It's just like with anything else, keep it simple. Um, don't overcomplicate it because if it's simple, it's sustainable. You know, it's something that you're going to yep. want to do. You look forward to it. Like what you're saying. Um, I didn't realize that, you know, people under 50 got into pickleball, but I think I might have to start looking at it if yeah. you're into it. <laughs> Fastest growing sport in America. And yeah. literally if I go to like, I have courts pretty close to my house. Uh, if I like went there right now, every single person there is under the age, under the age of 30 or 40, huh. at least, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's taken over the world, especially here in Denver. Lots of young people are playing. It's so much fun. Maybe that's the key to, to youthfulness. But. <laughs> it's so much fun. And that's the thing is like, you know, you'll play it for four hours and you'll like look at your watch and see how much steps and how much cardio you got. And it's like, oh my God, like I didn't even notice it because you're, you're playing a game. And I'm that's fine. how, you know, when your fitness feels like playing to you, like that's when, like, granted, there's going to be times where it sucks, right? I'm not saying CrossFit always feels like, like this morning <laughs> at my workout. It's not like I was like, man, this is so much fun running for the third, you know, it's like, there's a bit of misery, but that's what makes it good. But at the end you feel satisfied, but then there's other things where it's like, it literally feels like play. Uh, those are things that I like to keep in my life. No, for sure. I, I definitely think that's, that's a good tip for, for anyone out there listening. Um, and then as far as for, you know, that's the fitness side of things, but for a new hunter, um, someone, you know, like, like you and me adult onset, maybe, or even a younger listener, um, that is getting into hunting and kind of branching off from maybe their, their own parents or, or, you know, older, uh, maybe uncle or whatever. Um, what would you recommend, uh, that they, where would you recommend they start? It's mm, a great question. So for me, I would highly recommend, like, I think kind of what you and I both did, Jonathan, where we went on like educational trips. So we did the elk shape camp. Um, there's a lot of hunting education camps where you can go and learn a lot. And a lot of the people there will end up turning into like friends that you could potentially hunt with down the road. I think that's huge. Another thing that I would suggest that maybe even do this first is to go on it, like go on a fully curated guided trip where they might even supply the, the weapon, whether it's a bow. I know that's a little bit harder to, you know, be a supply to bow, but whether it's a bow or a shotgun or muzzleloader or whatever, like go and, and try, um, you know, a, a, a hunting camp or a hunting, uh, a guided hunting experience, because what that's going to do is that's going to expose you to like, you'll be able to ask the guides questions. You'll be able to like really start soaking up. Like, why are we going here? What's over here? Um, kind of like what we did in, in Hawaii. It's like, we were hunting on this property that was privately owned, but like the guide, you know, took us around and showed us what to look for. And then I eventually was just like, all right, I'm breaking away and did my own thing. Um, but like, just try to find ways to expose yourself to hunting situations where, you can figure it out completely on your own, like my buddy Gary did, which I think is awesome. I mean, he just did a lot of YouTube research and a lot of, a lot of failure. Um, but if you want to shorten the learning curve, like find ways to pay for 
guided trips that aren't like, I wouldn't necessarily recommend going to a ranch in Texas and hunting, you know, caribou or fallow deer on a high fence ranch. Cause it's like, you're not really exposing yourself to like, I think the true essence of, of open space hunting, but you can find plenty of, of things like that, like a hog hunt and that could be in Texas or Oklahoma or something like that. That could be a good thing because those things are wild. They're running around. Like you actually have to hunt them. They're not just standing there under a feeder saying like, Oh, hi human. Like, nice to see you again. Here dad. To feed me. <laughs> right. You're here to feed me. Oh, you're not. Oh no. Um, so that's what, that's what I'd suggest. Uh, and the internet is an incredible resource. There's tons of information out there. I would just maybe find something, find something local I wouldn't necessarily like if for those listening in, in Georgia, you know, the answer probably isn't, Oh, I'm going to go Western Colorado <laughs> backpacking elk hunting for my first time. I did that, but that's because I lived in Colorado and I live here currently. And I had someone to show me the ropes. If you don't have someone to show you the ropes, like find out what's the, what's the first thing that you can do locally and get some exposure to that and, and use your network. Don't be afraid to ask people, Hey, like, I don't even know how to hunt, but there's any way I can just come with you and help, you know, can I help you set up your tree stand? Can I help you, you know, put bait down? Can I help you do whatever? And if you go in from a helping mindset, not trying to just extract information and solely extract information, but go in saying, oh, let me help you. Um, that's what I did with um, the elk shape camps. It's like, I went there and I was like, hey, let me teach the fitness. And then I was able to, you know, absorb all the hunting on the back end. So go in with a helping mindset, a giving mindset, and that's how you're going to get a lot of really good stuff to come back your way. Oh, I, I definitely agree with that as well. That value exchange is, is key. You know, you may not be able to be the best hunter or the most educated on what you need to do, but you know, if you got legs and arms, maybe you can pack stuff in or out. You know, I know food plots take a lot of time. Maybe you've got some connections with land that you can help the hunter out with. Um, you know, things are different on the East coast, obviously than they are out here, but wherever you are, just, you know, find a way that you can contribute, um, to the other person's experience. And, uh, even though it may not be what you think is cool, um, you know, just provide some kind of value. So I think that's awesome. Definitely appreciate that. Um, well, you know, we've been here for about an hour, so I appreciate you, you hopping on with me and you got a busy schedule and you guys got lots of stuff going on, but, um, I definitely don't want to keep you from the date. So, uh, <laughs> that's always important, especially if you're smoking some, some pork. Um, I'm but sure. it's, it's I don't been, catch the Traeger on fire again. We'll see. Yeah, I think you burned all the grease off. I think you're good. <laughs> that's one way to clean the Traeger. Um, yeah, man. Well, thanks again for being on. Where can people find you? I know we mentioned wad prep, but, uh, where would you like them to go? Where it'd be kind of a couple places. Yeah. So, you know, obviously earlier in this episode, we talked a lot about like injuries and I, probably got angry for no reason about like people aren't that injured and they need to suck it up. But if you are someone who like is struggling with an injury, I, I would, my team would love to help you out. Um, just go to wadprep.com. That's W O D P R E P.com. And then click on basically there's a tab somewhere where you can click on coaching and there's one that's for injury prevention and rehab. And if you're someone who's injured, who's looking to get back in shape for whatever you're trying to do, whether it's hunting or whether it's just living life without pain, uh, our PTs can help you do that through exercise. And no, they will not immediately try to get you to walk on your hands, do snatches and muscle ups. Okay. Um, they're phenomenal coaches that can help you rehab from wherever you're starting. 
if you're someone that wants to learn more about CrossFit or, or already does CrossFit and wants to learn how to get better at it, just check me out on uh, YouTube and Instagram. It's WOD Prep on both platforms, W-O-D-P-R-E-P. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to message me directly, if you have any questions, comments, want to talk hunting, want to invite me on an amazing hunt that you're going on, uh, I'm very flexible when it comes to those things. Just message me on Instagram. That's the best way. And I'm just he's, he's been stretching those those flexibility muscles. <laughs> I am always willing to come hunting with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, well, I'll leave those links down below, guys. And Ben, thanks again for your time. And uh, you guys go check them out. Even if maybe you're not necessarily into CrossFit, you can definitely learn some stuff uh, about how to better your fitness game from Ben here. So uh, thanks again, man. And like I always say, guys, get out, live your life and love it. Thank you so much again, guys, for tuning in to that awesome conversation. Uh, ben is just a great individual who is super passionate, has gone on more hunts in the last year than I probably will in the next couple years. And he is just living his life to the fullest, living it, loving it, getting outdoors. And uh, you definitely go check out his stuff, guys, if you're looking at getting better at CrossFit or even just running a Spartan race or anything along those lines, just upping your fitness game. Go check out Ben and his crew over at Wad Prep. Outside of that, guys, please leave a review down below. I really appreciate that you're tuning into my podcast. Uh, you have so many out there, yet you keep coming back to this one. Thank you so much. And uh, leave a review. If it's anything less than five stars, guys, please shoot me a message, whether it be on Instagram or an email, so that I can better the stuff that I'm putting out for you guys. I want you to enjoy it, and I want it to get better as we go and not just become stagnant. So if you have any feedback for me, please shoot me a message. I'd love to hear it. Outside of that, guys, have an amazing day. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.